What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming Big Cast. Episode 181 is a fabulous holiday weekend here. And uh, so we have a a special guest today, along with uh, just a reflection show as we look back on the majority of 2021 uh, and our new consoles in the Xbox Series X, S, and PlayStation 5. So, Mr. Dan Rodriguez can't join us today. He's got some holiday engagements with family, but as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Ty Guy Travis himself. What's happening, my friend? McClunky. McClunky, my friends. Hope everyone had a happy Thanksgiving or whatever families do <laughs> when they congregate. Wouldn't know, but uh, sounds like a good time. All right. All right. And joining us for the first time, uh, I know our audience knows him well. Um, and I meant to ask you this before we started the show, and I forgot because I don't know what you prefer to be called on the show, my friend. But Mr. Steven Johnson, creator of the Everborn universe, uh, and it's long with all the things that it entails, which we're going to get into. Good morning, my friend. How you doing? How you doing? You can call me Steve, but I, I usually keep it at Everborn just because I'm trying to uh, drill the branding into people's head. Sure. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of time like uh, coordinating all my SEO. So uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, PlayStation, Xbox, <laughs> Steam, YouTube, and Everborn Saga and dot uh, com. Right. Uh, yeah. Everborn Saga is where you can find me everywhere. You type in Everborn Saga, you're gonna get me. Um, all right. So I just. I, I was told by a wise man who works uh, doing SEO for hotels and things like that. But he said, make sure you have a uh, pure and concise branding across the board. People aren't going to think to look for you under other names. So I'm just trying to beat it in everybody's head ever more. But <laughs> offline, you can call me Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right. We'll go with Everborn. We'll go with Everborn. So. Uh, we'll just we'll kind of do that during the show. We'll continue yes, to pound that yes. in. So it's a pleasure um, to have you, Mr. Saga. <laughs> yes, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. So uh so yeah, it's um, you know, it's been uh fun kind of doing further research. I like we were talking about before the show. We were on a show together, and of course I know of you and and then the audience and the things you create, but um I was doing further research, of course, for this show. And man, I was just impressed. Um, you know, I have people tell me all the time because I know many of us are like this, right? We have our kind of day job, we have our families, we have kids, we have, uh, you know, podcasts and and sites and everything else we do. And I people tell me all the time, I don't know how you do it. And, uh, you know, the same answer that we all give is, well, I just sleep very little. Um, And uh, researching your background and what you've built, what you're working on, um, you know, the, the same question popped in my head is, man, I don't know how this man does it. So, uh, we're all very busy, but we'll get into, um, kind of the background. I mean, obviously Everborn Saga is, and the Everborn universe, right, is, is where you're at at this point with your creation. Uh, but yes. I want to kind of go back to the beginning, um, and talk about how it began, where it came from, the idea, that type of thing. Because if I've done my research properly, and please keep me honest here, is this originally began a while, a long time ago, years ago, with uh, something called Prince of Arcadia? Um, well, that is where the comics started, but okay. the everything started from a game I made. Uh, I released back in. I started on it in 2012, but I released it in 2015, okay. and it was called Ariel's World. Yes, and that was on the Windows Phone. Okay. And um, it was at the time, 
it, on the week of its release, it was quickly replaced by Rayman, but it was the top paid 2D platformer That's awesome. on the Windows uh, phone store uh, on, on, on the launch week. And then um, Windows phone summarily uh, died a horrible death. <laughs> yes. um, and so, and at that time, and I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory before this, but I'll just tell you how the universe started. But um, at that time, I had, I don't know if anybody remembers um, the development environment called XNA. That's what you used to use to develop kind of indie stuff on the Xbox for um, Xbox Live Arcade. But they also had a version of it for their Windows Phone platform. Okay. So the whole, the entire game was developed, um, developed uh using xna and there was no easy port um they had some tools which i cannot remember the name of of the tool for the life of me but there was a tool that you could port it over but that didn't really work out so then i said okay i'm gonna go to unity Hmm. and i'm going to uh make a sequel for this game and um i didn't want it to be housed around that one character so I had to come up with another uh, name because it could. I didn't want to call it Ariel's World Two, and so the sequel became uh, Everborn Ariel's Adventure. And I started working on that, and in the middle of uh, learning how to use Unity and things like that, I wanted to add a story to it, right? Because the whole idea was Ariel's World was just kind of my love letter to Mario and Sonic, okay. and instead of Princess Peach getting kidnapped in the beginning, it was like, okay, Ariel's uncle is going to get kidnapped, right? Uh, and his uncle is a blacksmith. Well, he his uncle wasn't a blacksmith at that time. It was just like his uncle gets kidnapped. You got to find him back. There's no story. That, that was the plot of Ariel's world. So um, I wanted to say, well, well, who was his uncle? Why did he get kidnapped? And who is this uh, Magnus guy who's the final boss in Ariel's world. And so I started thinking about all of that. And, and then I started coming up with notes. And I said, well, um, you know, um, you know, Magnus is this sort of immortal guy. So so uh he is the Everborn, right? So we named the whole thing after the bad guy. It's like if you called Mario Bowser or MCU Thanos, right? <laughs> um but then I said, well, why did his, why did Ariel's uncle get kidnapped? And I said, well, uh, he's a blacksmith. He builds uh, weapons. These weapons have magical powers because the weapons are what you pick up in the game to as power-ups, right? So each weapon does its own thing. You've got an ice sword, a fire sword. You've got these gloves that bring down lightning. You've got these um, sort of boots that allow you to like uh, dash through walls. Um, and you've got like a, a cape that'll allow you to um, throw out tornadoes and then uh, fly on those tornadoes. And you use those to access different parts of the level. So I kind of, the idea was not a Metroidvania, but a, a Mariovania. But anyway, uh, the idea was Magnus kidnaps your uncle to uh, reforge him a weapon. And and uh, from there, I said, you know, um, your uncle Baltimore has a secret. He's a prince. And then, well, where is he a prince of? He's a prince of Arcadia. And then things, uh, notes turn into maps. Maps have kingdoms. Kingdoms have characters. <laughs> and, you know, now we are, we are 
going on to our sixth book in this epic fantasy that I like to call um, X-Men meets Lord of the Rings. So, <laughs> um, and that's the abridged version. There's a sure. lot, <laughs> sure, a lot, lot more in between. But when I when I was telling you about my whole development, uh, game development uh, journey, um, I was, I initially went to college because I graduated high school in like 2000, and then I got like an associate's degree in uh, like 2004. Um, and then I went into the real estate business, um, and things were great for those four years. And then 2008 happened, mm -hmm. uh, and I kind of lost everything and it was kind of like, uh, a life reset that I was looking at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had always been into technology, but I didn't, you know, this is more like, uh, reading Engadget, or I don't know if you remember, this is my next before it was the verge. Um, things like that, following the Joshua Topolskis of the world and uh, Neelai Patels. So I wanted to be in that industry, but I could never get an interview. Like I had a degree, but it was an associate's degree and, you know, people didn't want to kind of hear anything. So <laughs> I said, well, I ha am going to have to teach myself how to code if I'm going to want to be in that world. And I said, the easiest way to do that is to teach myself how to make a video game. So I started with a game because uh, they tell you the easiest game to start with is Pong. So I made uh, my own version of a Pong game. It's like Pong mixed with Star Wars. It was called Star Tennis. <laughs> and it was basically like lightsabers that would make the lightsaber noise and spark when you hit the, 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 the Pong ball. So um, I did that uh, and I, I released that in like 2010. Um, and it was really more of a learning experiment. And that's when I said I wanted to, um, you know, start start working on, uh, you know, a game that I would actually play. And that's what eventually evolved, you know, five years later into um, Ariel's World. And at that time, I, um, I was like food stamps, Medicaid, everything, because I had lost everything. And so I, I, in, I, in 2012, when I started developing on that game, I also registered myself to go back to school, get like a, a computer information systems degree, mm -hmm. uh, like finish the bachelor's or whatever, because that's where my associates was, but I never did anything with it. Because as soon as I got out of school, like I opened a restaurant uh, with my family, don't do business with family, and then I got <laughs> in real estate. Um, and so, you know, I was, it's just, it was just kind of a, a life reset and I, I was kind of reinventing myself. So taught myself how to code, uh, work, worked on a game, released it, worked on a second game um, and got back into school because it's a lot easier to get a job interview when you when you are in school, uh, when you're not, especially when you're 30, because uh, they're, they're going to ask, like, what were you doing with your life this whole time? <laughs> so uh, back in school and working on a game. And so now I'm doing like uh, interviews for internships and things. And I have. I can point to my own work that I did. So uh, releasing a game, having it get some high accolades. I think it did like 50,000 downloads, 60,000. I don't know what it is now. I, I haven't looked at it in a few years, but um, you know, it did all those downloads and I could point to that and talk about that in an interview. And then I ended up getting job offers from Citigroup and Deloitte and interviews with Apple and Microsoft and all those things. And I ended up going with uh, Citigroup as a technology analyst. And that 
that kind of changed the trajectory of um, of my life. Um, and then I was making money from doing the technology analyst thing, and I and I had all these notes, and I wanted to turn it into something. And so that is where I got the idea to, hey, let's make a comic based in, on these notes that I put together for the sequel to uh, Ariel's World. And we started with Prince of Arcadia because I wanted to tell the story of his uncle. So Prince of Arcadia is basically like, um, if Ariel's adventure is Lord of the Rings, Prince of Arcadia is the Hobbit because it takes place like 30 years earlier right. and it leads to the event. Bless you. It leads to the events of, of um, Ariel's adventure and everything else that goes on. And then there were other sort of uh, side characters. And that's where you um, that's where you get like the Redlands, what we're doing now. And then we're right. going to have our fourth series, The Remnant. And basically, we've got four series ongoing that are kind of telling the story from each of those main character uh, vantage points. So think of it like POV chapters in Game of Thrones. That's what each of the series in Everborn is like. Got it. So that's how we got from a, a guy that a real estate broker that lost everything in 2008 to a software engineer that is um, not sleeping and creating his own <laughs> comic book universe. That's a hell of a journey in the past 12, 13 years, man. Yeah. Hell of a journey. So that's good, man. It's, um, you know, I, I don't want to make light of what you probably went through in 2008, um, but sometimes. Oh no, you can. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm over it, and, and family's good. <laughs> uh, don't do business with them, but they are good to, uh, yeah. you know, help you out in, in those times. Yeah, so. I was gonna say sometimes you need something like that to give you the perspective to take uh, things in a different direction. It sounds like that's what happened for you. So. Um, that's good, man. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, the Red Sand. So you have a Kickstarter that's live right now. Uh, it's got nine days to go, which uh, you coincidentally told us uh, you had a plan for all along. Yes, and this is not. This is all by design. <laughs> it ends on December seventh because uh, on December eighth, I have already called out of work. I'm not doing or dealing with anything. I will not be on Twitter. I will be enjoying that sweet, sweet Halo Infinite campaign. My man. Beautiful. My man. Uh, along with millions of others, I'm sure. Um, so that's great. Um, but you have the Kickstarter has nine days to go. Like I said, uh, you've already met your goal. But obviously, uh, we're going to put a link to it in uh, the description here. So please check that out if you want to yeah, support. So the, the deal with that is what we're trying to do now is get to um, – we've got two stretch goals set up. So. Yeah. Um, we, we hit our goal in the first 24 hours and we, we purposely uh, set the goals low because the way Kickstarter works is if you don't hit your goal, you get nothing, right? Um, so it's not like Indiegogo where you, you make whatever you make, but, but Kickstarter, you say, okay, here's your campaign, here's your goal, here's how long you're setting to hit your goal. So we set the goal at at 3000 because that was what we needed to sort of print the books and, and get them to everybody. And I basically fund the production of the books and I do the Kickstarter mostly for fan acquisition, but also just to cover the actual print costs sure. and to, to get it to people. But we set up these stretch goals so that um, people could 
uh, one, get upgraded to a hardcover edition at no extra cost of Prince of Arcadia Ultimate Edition Book 2. And that includes chapters three and four, but there's a second stretch goal if we hit 10,000 where we will have a, uh, a professional editor um, come in and edit the novel that I have written because I am terrible in terms of typos and <laughs> those other things. So, um, but there, there's there's also uh, an Everborn like proper YA fantasy novel. Um, just need to get that edited uh, so that I don't look like an idiot. Um, and that's that 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 costs a couple of shekels. So <laughs> we are trying to get an editor to come in and looking at, it. and that's that's really what we're hoping we can do if we if we finish the way we started it's it's well within reach so gotcha. that's a fantastic man fantastic. and what one last thing i'll say about that we have this okay. tier uh like if you're if you're new to the sort of everborn universe you can just go straight to the theros tier because that'll give you all the books we've ever done including the new one but there's an everborn tier which is uh that was something pretty special in the last one that we did so uh, the Everborn tier basically uh, gets you an executive producer credit in the book. You'll get your own page with the other executive producers. And then um, you will show up in a, uh, we will make a character of you in the Everborn universe. And then you will show up in a later issue. That's awesome. Um, of the of the saga, so that that that's the Everborn tier. That we have we we have to limit it, so we only allow ten of those. Sure. Um, I think in the last campaign we had five slots, and they all kind of sold out. So I I put it to ten this time. So that's the one. Um, if you if anybody wants to be immortalized in the Everborn saga, that's the <laughs> one to go for. That's awesome. So I want to real quickly touch on kind of game development because I think there's, you know this as well as I do, or better than I do, I should say, is that uh, there's a lot of uh, misconceptions about game development and how things work, um, how long it takes to accomplish certain things, the challenges of implementing certain things. So I would ask you, you know, what what's kind of the, if you could have some advice for aspiring kind of younger creators that are looking to get into the industry, looking to be a game developer, coder, what have you, um, what would you say to them uh, looking back on what you've learned over the past 10, 15 years? Well, I will say the tools are getting a lot more um, um, sort of easy to work with. I know when I started, there wasn't, I didn't have like this gooey editor like you have in Unity, like, uh, when when I, when we did uh, and by we I mean me and and an artist that I found, uh, uh, <laughs> but when we did um, uh, Ariel's world, it was all just straight C sharp, no editor. Um, you know what I mean? Because in Unity, basically, you kind of assign scripts to an object and then that object does a thing it's it's a really great tool and i'd say like right now is the easiest time to get in because um access to to, to these stores has never been easier right. and and do not discount what you can do um on mobile right like because mo basically the barrier is the lowest for for uh mobile and then steam and then the uh, other the other platforms. Um, uh, Switches is 
pretty easy to get into, but I think Xbox might be the easiest. Okay. Uh, in terms of the the in terms of the uh, console, so I'm saying Nintendo, PlayStation, and Xbox might okay. be the easiest to get um, into Xbox. But um, don't don't let your uh, vision sort of stop you from from what you tr you're trying to create. Because I'll say this right now: if you want to learn and if you want to start, this is these are things that were not available when I started, but. You can go into Unity, you can go into uh, Unreal, um, and there are basically sample completed projects that you could start. So if you say, I want to make a 2D platformer, you can basically go and look for a 2D platformer engine, and all the basics will be there. You can switch the artwork, play around with the scripts, see the way they work, and turn that into your own game. And it might not be something that you're going to sell a lot of, but you can do that just to get your feet wet, right? Sure. I would say start building a game right now. Look at the Unity Asset Store. Um, and I think that is the easiest place to get started. And we all can do it. And I think we we all should. It, it, whether you're going to release it or not, it, it's a great uh, learning thing because it, it is what taught me how to code, like making games. And it's so much easier now than than when I started a, a, a decade ago. So check out Unity. Go to the Unity Asset Store. Look at completed projects. Download one of them and just start messing around. There's so much to learn out there. See, we a lot of us kind of use, um, you know, we use YouTube, um, you know, and I don't want to take away from any of our podcasts. I do three of them. And I, I, you know, I don't know how many you do, right? But um, you know, there's so much to be learned as well on YouTube, right? Like there's so there, anything you want to learn, any and it doesn't have to be making video games, but anything you want to learn is literally right there on YouTube. Yeah. It, it really yeah. is um the world's university. I'm not telling you not to go to college, go to college, kids. It helped me out immensely. But you can generally learn whatever you want. And 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 any kind of game you're trying to make and any little thing you're trying to figure out, the 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 barrier of entry is so low right now. And the gatekeepers that used to sort of stop you from moving forward or you had to get their approval, they aren't there. You can release a game on 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 mobile for now, you know. Cut your teeth and then move up to making something for the consoles. It's it's absolutely doable, and literally anybody can do it. They make it so easy right now, right? Like um, I'm 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 actually planning on my channel. Like we do, uh, I, Cassie Casante is in the chat. We do mm -hmm. three shows together. One is Boom Show. That's PTG on Mondays, and then we do. Um, um, uh, the gaming circle on Saturdays, which is on Kesante's channel, but on my channel, we do on the real, which is more of a sort of uh, we kind of dissect uh, films and comics and novels and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. And we, we, as of late, we've been doing one a week, so we kind of take a deep dive on a show or a movie or something like that. Um, and I do all the obviously uh, game trailers and comic trailers on on that channel, but I. I'm planning to start a series of um, creator-driven um, content that kind of shows you if you want to get into game development, here's how you start. If you want to okay. create a comic, this is this is what I and I, I don't have the the golden source, right? Like I, I I just know what I what I do, 
So half of it might be wrong, but I still <laughs> want to be able to show people at least there's things that I took years to figure out. And if I could show that to people, sure, uh, I'll feel better about myself in the little sleep that I get. <laughs> oh, that's amazing, man. I am very good points as well. So, um, so Asante reminded me in the chat and good morning, everyone in the chat. Um, but uh, you're a fellow uh, Sega Sega man, oh, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Travis is shaking his head, so we may have to remove him from the show, and you and I can just fanboy about Sega first. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that's great. I know uh, there's a group of us, of course, uh, more than, uh, you know. You mean, you mean the enlightened bunch. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yes, who, uh, you know, grew up with Sega and all things Sega. Um, so that's great, man. I uh we I don't know if you caught it um, a while ago. We did uh, with uh, Cog hosted a like. A yes, Sega I did see that. Show. Yes. Okay. Yep. So yep. Was yep. On and, uh, the, the first time you guys tried it, there was like an issue with the stream. And you there had to was. do it again the next day. Yeah, there was. I remember. Yeah. yeah so uh, so like Sega. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when it was complete, it was. Awesome. Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> like when they rise from the ashes like the Phoenix. <laughs> when they one day grace us with this triple uh, A Sonic game that I've been. Uh, what was the what was the dress code for that podcast? Did you guys all have to wear black or? <laughs> <laughs> you can't talk bad about Sega. See, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Uh, you know, check his uh, check his history well enough before bringing him on the pot on the big cast. <laughs> oh come on! You gotta do. You gotta do, you gotta do a background on. It. Yeah, we gotta I, do some Sega background. I, I just yeah. you know I just believe there's a reason Sega doesn't make consoles anymore that's all they, because they're waiting for microsoft to buy them and then they'll be back in the <laughs> and they'll release put them in charge a, yes a, a sonic blue uh series s that's what they're gonna oh do my God. That's, that would actually be really cool yeah i like that with the sp hedgehog spikes yep yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh we'll we'll have to save the the further sega reflections not that there's ever a bad time but we'll save that for uh for another time but Is there no? Is there <laughs> It's always a good time to talk about Sega. Come on. All right, guys. Um, well, appreciate the background there. So I hope that anyone listening, uh, you know, we, we've had a couple developers I've spoken with or interviewed, and I like to put that on a separate section on our site. So I'll make sure to probably clip this out and put that over on our Good and Gaming uh, portion, too, because I think, to your point, um, Everborn, it's, it's just good from an educational standpoint. And it the more people that know kind of more of the details about how games work, how they're made, the complexities, the better we all are off, I think, from a, a yeah, this standpoint. this this is another thing. Um, I see this a lot, and um, like I said, I I I make games for my own uh, for this universe that I'm trying to build, but I'm not um, I'm not a uh, I am a software engineer, but like I said, I write. Uh, software for for banks and things like that right but um you know i so many people talk about this stuff so lightly as though there aren't like human beings that are right. getting up every day and trying to sort of do their best to kind of provide us with with uh you know this pastime of ours right and i've i, I, I i've seen this like you know the way people kind of talk about 343 and, and other developers, like, I get it. Like, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're screaming into the, the void of council wars at each people that we are never going to meet in real life. And so we, 
maybe sometimes project all of our anger, fear, uncertainty, and doubt onto complete strangers because that's probably the 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 um, least harmful way to do it. Because like you know maybe maybe if you yell at somebody online that you'll never meet, it's better than yelling at the people in your real life. I don't know, right? But I say all that to say, um, just remember that these guys are people, right? And they look at this stuff and they watch and they watch when people say, you know, they should be fired or they should be replaced. Or mm. my favorite thing is, why are you using COVID as an excuse? <laughs> right. Forget about the millions of people that are dead. Mm -hmm. That's an excuse because I want to play my game now. Right. And it's just like, just remember, they're just like us. They bleed like us. They are a lot of the time lurking in these comments mm -hmm. um, and, and sometimes in the spaces when people talk about their work. And what if somebody came to your job while you were filling out your TPS reports or mopping <laughs> a floor or stocking a shelf or serving a drink or driving an Uber or, 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 or your software development job or whatever the hell you do and told you you suck at everything you do and you should be fired every day? How would that make you feel? I think that's so, the IGN yeah. business model. <laughs> Describing my life very well. <laughs> yeah, no, completely agree. Uh, you know, we preach about that often here. So uh, you're just, uh, yeah, Reaching to the joining choir. us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> joining us in that conversation and, and completely agree. So, um, yeah, education is, uh, is important. And the more you know about something, the better off we all are. So I uh, appreciate that. All right, guys. So why don't we talk about what we've been playing this week? Like I said, it's a holiday week. There hasn't been a ton of news. Uh, game releases are, you know, pretty much starting to dry up for the year. Obviously, Halo's the big monster we covered quite extensively last week. Um, but, you know, we can talk about what we've been playing. I'll start with you, Everborn, because uh, I've only been playing Halo. I haven't played another game. Uh, I haven't touched... Chill. Yeah, I haven't touched another <laughs> game. So I'll start, I'll start with you. You've been playing anything good? Uh, okay, so I I, I, um, I have a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, so I was going to hold off on Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, so not because I hated Avengers. I just, uh, I think the, the service model was sort of misguided, but the campaign itself was, was fine. But I said... You know, I'm going to wait on that. I don't need to play that right now. And I've been this big proponent of not uh, buying games on day one. We don't have to, right? Because sure. they come out, they're overpriced, and a lot of the times day one, they're buggy. So if you wait to play a game, you will benefit of all the bug fixes as well as a cheaper price. And that's looking out for you and your hard-earned uh, money. Now, I never take that advice because <laughs> yeah. i i just keep it while i'm preaching that stuff i just get caught up with squirrel yeah. and then i uh see everybody posting pics about um uh guardians of the galaxy and i knew forza was going to come out and i was trying to hold off on that um and then i so i get guardians of the galaxy and i start playing that and i'm loving it loving it loving it and then forza comes out and I said, oh, this is nice. Let me let me try this. This is great. And then I'm playing Forza for a couple of days. And then the 20th anniversary rolls around. Boom, here goes Halo Infinite. So now I'm playing Halo Infinite. But also, 
I see the announcement that they uh, did an FPS boost for Sonic Generation. So I said, okay, okay. I'm just going to try this out because I missed this game when I came out because I was I was disillusioned with Sonic at the time back in 2011 when that released. And but they were making a big deal out of it. And it was like $20 on the store. I said, I'm going to try this for two minutes just for the for the Sega love, um, for the culture. And then I start playing it, and I am like, oh, my God, all this game needed was this FPS boost. Because when you play Sonic running at full speed in 60 frames a second with all the set pieces, if you follow me, you know for like a week straight I had been posting uh, Sonic Generations clips. Because what they did with that game specifically is they took one or two levels from all of the mainline Sonic games and then remade it in 3D. So it's like literally the same level, but they changed the perspective a little bit. And they have it, they rebuild the level. So you play it in two versions because it's like the Sonic of old meets the Sonic of new because Dr. Robotnik's messed up the timeline and things like that. Um, and they're they're basically like different uh, universes colliding. It's a lot, it's, 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 it's kind of similar to the plot of... Um, of Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart when I think about it, but that's okay. either there, here or there. <laughs> so, so now you play the same level, you play the old school level, but uh, still with a slight 3D perspective, but all the character models are 3D. And then you play the you play a 3D version like Sonic Adventure style of okay. the same level. Yeah, and you do that level by level, and it it is a locked 60, right? And it moves so fast. And it just feels like it could have come out today because it is light years better than whatever the hell Sonic Colors is, which is absolutely terrible. So, <laughs> I, so I had got so caught up in that that for a week, I wasn't playing Halo Infinite, right? And then I finished that. <laughs> at the, Se the Sega blood runs deep. I bleed blue. <laughs> uh, but... Um, when I finished that, uh, then I ended up playing Streets of Rage 4. Mm, great game. Uh, just because I was on like a Sega kick. <laughs> and, and then before I was going to, and then I was going to get back to Halo Infinite, but I said, you know what? Um, you know, Infinite's coming out, the campaign's coming out. Let me replay uh, Halo 5 Guardians because I wanted to just be, I wanted the story to be fresh <laughs> in my mind when I went into the sequel. So, I played this whole week. I, I just completed yesterday um, the Halo Guardians campaign, Halo 5 Guardians campaign. Okay. And I got to say, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I did not hate it. And I, I feel like there is this um, universally accepted opinion that is not necessarily fact that that game was horrible, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yep. And it is not really true. If you go back and you look at it, it got an 84 Metacritic, yep. right? When Ghost of Tsushima initially released, it got an 83 Metacritic. I know it, uh, they did the Iki Island and now it has an 88. But my point is, we could all praise a game that gets an 83 Metacritic. You cannot look at that game and tell me the graphics were bad, especially for 2015. And the production quality um, was also sort of through the roof for its time. Now, I get that there may be some issues with the story, but I could point to a lot of games 
that were great that people had issue with the story of. Yeah, there's a lot of people that had issues <clears throat> with the story of The Last of Us too. That didn't make it any less of a great game. Yep. Right. So, and I say all this to say, um, I don't know how it became this talking point that three four three has never released a good game because Halo Four had an amazing campaign, multiplayer issue, sure. But they were the guys that came in and humanized Chief, who previously was just a superhero, right? Um, and they took it to the next level in five. I think Locke should have had his own game before they put it, him next to the, uh, against the Master Chief. But neither here nor there. I really do think that um, Halo 5 Guardians deserves a little more respect than it has today. And so does 343. They an 87 Metacritic game, which is which is Halo 4, Master Chief Collection. If you want to give them credit for that, that was an 85. And Halo Halo 5 was an 84, right? So 84, 85, and 87 is what they've released, but we talk about them like they're rookies. And this is what I mean by the, these are people we don't hear. We right. don't hear. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, oh man, the Halo Five campaign. You still, you still trash it, Ains. I still think people are going to look at that. I do not trash it. That's way too strong of a word. I said the story is not what people were looking for, which is exactly what everyone's saying. What people are looking for, I don't think people deserve the stories that they think they want. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look no farther than what happened to the Star Wars universe. You give them the story they want, and then you end up with Rise of Skywalker and. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, I <laughs> Don't get me started on Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I, that's too bad of a can of orange to open for this podcast. Yeah, but yeah. I, I honestly think like the best thing you could do for fans is not give them what they want. Like <laughs> they don't. They're, oh, no, no, they're they, not. They're, fans don't you know, know what they're talking about. Exactly, they don't. They're not. They're not mature enough to realize that sometimes the hurt is good for them. You know what I mean? Like you got to break old bones. I think uh, Halo Five did a lot um, for the franchise, but you know. Some people don't like the uh, dark middle chapter of a trilogy, The Last Jedi, Halo 5 Guardians. The, I mean, the list goes on and on. Lots yeah. of the only thing like I will before. say is that I do feel like the game ended on a weird Too cliffhanger, soon. right? Yeah, like uh, you mean like Halo 2? You mean like every middle game and well, no, 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 which which so is common. fine. And and I this and I've made this point on a me and Kay Asante show a few times. Had they followed up Guardians with a game, whether it's, it didn't have to be Halo Infinite or Halo Six, but it should have been another game to continue that story in 2017, 2018, the latest. I do not think people would look. Uh, would look at it the way they look at it today. Because at the time, I remember being high on it, but saying, feeling like the ending wasn't enough and I need the follow-up chapter. So I was really excited at the end of that to see where it went. And then 2017 comes and goes, 2018 comes and goes, 2019 comes and goes. And now we're a year delayed from what was supposed to be a 2020 release. I just think it's been a way so long that people now talk about it that way and had they had the follow-up to give you a sort of some sort of closure to that narrative arc that they set up the franchise as a whole would be looked at um and i'm just talking about in terms of the our twitter shenanigans 
because um, <laughs> I don't think the whole world looks at Halo the way we talk about it here. No, in the Twitter streets. No, definitely not. Definitely not. I will say Travis has been uh, one of the vocal proponents of supporting Halo Five. Uh, I'm with you. When people I'm with speak you, out about it, um, I think people will look back on it and and think of it better than they did when it came out because people forget the same thing happened with Halo 2's campaign. Yeah, like sure so did. many people hated it, and then it took like it took like what eight years, and then people were like, "Oh yeah, actually, the Arbiter's like one of the best characters." And the only thing I fear is that in this day and age companies tend to react a little too much to fan feedback in my opinion sometimes you stick with something like they stuck with arbiter and people learn to love it um so my only worry is that they you know will never go back to spartan lock and people will just look at that and be like oh yeah it was a failure when really it was sort of just the beginning which no they gotta they gotta go back to lock man i feel like i I think there's a i I hope they do but there's there's definitely a chance that they don't just because you know the halo 5's original sin was only having three missions replays master chief i mean let's be honest that's why people don't like that game like it they want to play as master chief so well and blue um, team too is the first time in a game that we got to play with blue team or you hear about blue team What's another thing I didn't like, and I know that it made sense for what they were trying to do because Halo 5 was kind of built around the four-player co-op. The idea that you could fall in battle, right? And then you call for one of your teammates to come and get you. And it always rubbed me the wrong way having Master Chief yell for help (laughs) from one of his teammates, right? I'm like... If Master Chief goes down, let let me just start the level over or from the checkpoint or whatever. Play on Legendary. Don't, Isn't that what happens? Well, I, I, that's yeah. one of the few uh, Halo campaigns that I did not play on Legendary. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it happens, but your AI partners are pretty useless on Legendary. They don't pretty, pretty no, useless don't, on don't, normal Can't you well, not get normal. up on Legendary? I think you just go down straight up. It's like on Halo 2 as well. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But uh, to what you guys were saying, too, I think, and we've talked about all this before. We don't have to stay on Halo 5, but Locke himself, you just nailed it, Travis. Locke himself is an an actually very interesting and I think would be a fantastic character. Um, But we've said it so many times. the, The issue a lot of people have with Halo 5 is that the mainline Halo games are Chiefs games, and people look at Chief right. as an icon and they want to be Chief. And when you come into a game with the buildup to Halo 5 being Chief, and remember, we already talked about Halo 4 being an amazing Chief story, right? In my personal opinion, the best Chief story. And then you go to Halo 5 with all the marketing and you're like, all right, let's go. And then suddenly you're playing two thirds of the game as someone else. It's the same, to your point. Same thing that happened with Halo 2 and why Halo 2 was criticized so heavily. But, but another thing, and it was a tall ask to say that, like, because you come into this thing where, like, obviously, so he meets Chief and then obviously they work it out because that's how all of these narrative <laughs> uh, threads go. <laughs> all the but, civil um, wars. Yeah, right. The civil wars are always, always end in a hug. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, like, I don't know lot. Right. And yes, I watched Halo Nightfall. It was terrible. It was bad. It was yeah. It was like a, a fake um Not what's great. that movie with Riddick? Um Chronicles uh, of Riddick. Oh uh, no, 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 before Black. Chronicles of Riddick. Pitch Black. Black. Pitch Black. It was Black. a fake pitch black, yes. Um yeah. but you know, I watched Remind all of that channel, like TV show, like the really bad special effects and like yeah, it yeah. Was the top yeah, really tough. Yeah. This is why I'm I'm actually like not super excited for this halo tv show 
And I'm less excited that Showtime didn't want it anymore and kind of hawked it off to uh, Paramount Plus, which I paid for a year of the subscription uh, <laughs> just because of Halo. And we shall see how that turns out. But anyway, um, I don't think Mike Coulter, and I know he's not the one who actually did the mocap or the voice in the game, but I'm just judging by. Is he not? Uh, Nightfall. Really? So, no, no. And he's Halo the 5. face. He's the face actor. They He's had the, the switch face model because yeah. he got. He remember he left to go to Marvel to be uh, Luke Cage, and yeah. they they hired another guy and I forget his name to basically replace the voice in Halo Five. Wait, when did that happen? After the game came out? No, no, he he did, but I don't think he did the the voice in the game though, right? He did originally. They changed. Okay. It. Wait, so it's on. Head. You can't unless, play the version. Unless with his my voice. memory is completely shot in chat, you can I, I, I remember it being his voice in the game. Like yeah, I, he's I'm pretty version. sure they they updated it with the new voice because they knew Mike. That's Walter was crazy. Not gonna be, he wasn't going to be locked anymore, so they had to. He got Dinklebotted. <laughs> no, remember but, Peter Dinklage and Destiny? Yes. They replaced yeah. it. Yeah, but I I do not think Mike Coulter to begin with was the right person to play that character. I don't. I think of Mike Coulter like I think of Henry Cavill, which is really looks the part, but does not have the charisma for it. Um, Cause I, 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 and I don't want to turn this into a movie thing, but I don't think Henry Cavill has the charisma to be Clark Kent and Superman. Uh, but, but I may be in the minority there and that you, will be a rant Superman that I say. Charisma? I think that's why he's perfect I, for Superman. Lack of I, charisma. I, yeah, but but see, I come from the days of Christopher Reeves where he could oh, take yeah. off the glasses and you believe that he's a new person, <laughs> right? Like, um, so I, I feel like you 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 need some of that to 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 make the Superman character work. I feel Although, like you just need eyeballs that can stop a bullet to be Superman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, I got the history here. You so sound like Zack Snyder now. <laughs> So Mike Coulter uh, appeared in the Halo 2 anniversary, right, when they updated it and added new cutscenes yeah. and stuff. Did Halo Nightfall. Then when at the end of 2014, when he was picked up for uh, Luke Cage, basically they kept his likeness in Halo 5, but they hired uh, Ike Amadi, who also was a character of Mortal Kombat 11, to voice uh, him. So it's his face in Halo 5, not his voice, as we talked about. Yeah. So oh, he wow. wasn't okay. Dinklebotted. Yeah. They, he they was did. not Dinklebotted. Interesting. Okay. But, but yeah, again, the Dinklebot phenomenon is pretty rare. I don't know many games that have done it, but I bet you it's going to be a super common thing in the next couple decades as games as a service keeps happening because you never know who's going to blow up or whose contract is going to expire. And yeah. It's actually happened multiple times in Destiny. There's like multiple characters now who are not the same actors. and it's We so almost funny. got through a show without you mentioning Destiny. Almost. <laughs> I know. It won't happen. Come on. <laughs> how, could it, how could it be possible? But, but uh, I say all that to say, yeah, um, yeah so uh, Halo um, Guardians is the last thing that I played, which I completed yesterday. And now I'm going to try to get back into... Um, guardians of the galaxy to finish it before infinite drops the campaign because i've always you have not played infinite multiplayer is what we're hearing only against bots and i still have the uh as as uh lord cognito would call it i got the dusty spartan armor <laughs> ashy i'm yeah, the, the ashy, ashy spartan, spartan right now yeah. yes all right uh travis man you playing anything how's your uh nerf 
Legends. Oh my god, dude. Okay, I gotta get into this. Uh, my review is not gonna be live until like the middle of the week. I have to write it today, but I finished the game on Friday. It is probably one of the worst games I've ever played in my life. <laughs> it's it is so bad for so many reasons. First of all, the multiplayer literally doesn't work and i mean that literally not as a millennial the millennial definition of the word literally which means figuratively i mean it literally doesn't work the original definition literally 1.0 uh it it like you click on join a lobby i, th I think it's supposed to mostly be an online game right like that's like it's the main thing and like all of its advertising is like sure. play against your friends and nerf wars uh, and it it does not work. You cannot start a lobby. I presume because no one is playing the game, so there's no way to actually uh, get a game to work. If you host one, you just sit in a lobby forever. If you join one, it just says there are no games available um, on all of the platforms I've tested. And then the campaign feels like, and I'm probably going to say this in my review, it feels like... Do you guys remember in like the early 2000s when you would find video games at the bottom of a cereal box? <laughs> do you remember like that there was like this there's like this there was like this weird era of like when you know when you were still getting aol discs shipped uh -huh. to your house <laughs> where you would get uh or you would get um like video games in cereal boxes and you put them in your pc and they would just be like these horrifying tragedies of video uh -huh. games that's that's what it reminds me of like so so much like it was made like college students like this was their first project and they got like oh, a God. d minus on it like it's like not a good game <laughs> it's so so bad but that said i did beat the game uh the campaign mode if you can call it that um painful and now i'm gonna write my review today so i have been playing that um what what, what game playing. is this Oh God, dude! I'm reviewing a game for IGN called Nerf Legends. Oh, it is okay. a Nerf okay. game. It is a I Nerf see. game that has I the see. the art style of like a Fortnite. It's very clearly trying to like play off of that, uh, and the gameplay of a refrigerator magnet. It is just <laughs> horrifying. See, they had that. an opportunity to make a Splatoon competitor, but probably I know. And you know what? Like Nerf could have been a great game. Like if they got the right writers and they made it like super tongue in cheek, like Nerf is already a term in video games for making weapons weaker. Like they could have like played on that. Like they're already in the lexicon, man. They, they should have so... got, they should have got TT games to make it. I think I that, think that would have been done with Lego. Uh, uh, th this great. was made by a developer I've never heard of. I don't know anything else they've worked on, but, uh, Whew, man, it is a nightmare of a game. Jesus. Wow. Like, I, yeah, I, I'm going to have a hard time writing this in a review form. I have no idea what score I'm going to give it, but um, yeah, I, I beat the game on Friday or Thursday or something. And um, I had to play it in, in small bites. You ever, you ever play a game so bad you have to, I mean, <laughs> you, own, you own your own website, so you probably don't review any of the bad games. No, but like, not really. for me, I review all of IGN's like lowest scores. That's like, <laughs> that's sort of my role at the site. Uh, so I, I, I'm very used, I'm actually good at, at playing really bad games. Like I, I can figure out in a couple hours, like how to make a game crash if it's bad enough. Like I, oh, I, I know the things to do. Uh, so if I need to capture footage of just like the game, just like shitting the bed, I, I can like make it do that in like a couple hours. Uh, so, um, yeah, anyway, that I, I spent a lot of time playing that I'm playing the new, uh, Pokemon, a game on the Nintendo switch. I'm sure yep. no one here cares about that, but it is pretty, uh, a pretty nice, uh, remaster remake, whatever you want to call it. 
Is that the um, uh, diamond and di yeah, diamond pearl? pearl those okay. ones, yeah. Um, and th those are those are pretty decent games. I mean, I'm not super far into it. I don't really have a ton of time for it, but I've been playing that. And then obviously, the big the big dog yeah. in the room, Halo Infinite. Uh, I've been playing a, a metric ton of that. I did all my Fiesta grinding, got that that yep. weave armor um, I'm rocking right now. Uh, and I've also been getting my girlfriend into Halo, which is very surprising if you like for her she's not super into you know you know her age she plays like dating sims and stuff so like saying, yeah. she's been she's been getting super sweaty into halo like <laughs> she started off with big team battle then she wanted to try fiesta because she wants the samurai armor and then last night she turned to me and she said the sexiest words i've ever heard come from a mouth which was should we try ranked <laughs> man that is you yeah, haven't had a girl say that to you guys you didn't everything, even get the halo <laughs> every, everything is advertised everything is advertised. I, I, i've heard those words but it was in a completely different context but that's, <laughs> yeah well unfortunately that's for another show <laughs> should we try ranked wow you guys are into some stuff <laughs> So yeah, we played the ranked playlist last night. Uh, she's getting into it, man. So um, yeah, I just been playing a lot of Halo and uh, doing the reviews. But you kind of know what my backlog is, Ains. I'm trying to get through these game of the year games, and uh, Psychonauts yeah. is kind of the last one on the list. So I'll I'll probably end up playing that game like at the very end of the year. Is that Speaking a Psychonauts of, thing? Yeah, it's right, yeah. man. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's right. Speaking of uh, game of the year, I know there was a lot of hubbub about. Um, Forza not getting in, but my biggest snub uh, is Death Door not being mm, included yeah. in that game of the year list. It is like far and above to this day still. And the only game I haven't played on that game of the year list is Death Loop because I'm okay. just waiting for it to come to the Xbox because my right. backlog is long enough where I know if I buy it now, I won't play it probably until it's out on Game Pass. So I'm thinking of my wallet for once. Uh, but uh, I really feel like Death Door should have been on that list. Maybe yeah. even to me, anyway, more than Forza should have been. But that's a, you know, that's my personal thing. Yeah, we talked there's about that a few of, weeks ago. Lots and, of omissions. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I, I know several people that ha have that same feeling about Death Door. It's definitely a fantastic game. So yeah, it's tough. It's been a great year for games, um, no matter how you look at it. So, all right. Um, yeah, Halo. I. I'm nearing, I don't know what I'm at. Um, I think I'm nearing three days played and considering it's been out for, I think it's been out for 13 days. I was traveling for four days. So that means literally since I've been home, a third of my time has been spent playing Halo, um, which is kind of crazy, about eight hours a day on average. So um, a lot of time playing Halo. And um, yeah, got, got into rank this week and started, I was just, I said, you know what? Let's just bring it all on. And I started solo queuing in the open crossplay playlist um you know because that's how you get better right um so uh really 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 sweaty and then i played with i not made the mistake because it was fun but i played with some buddies who uh halo content creator and very very high level halo players um so like high level onyx like some of the you know basically the top guys who aren't in competitions and i will tell you that playing team games at that level is a completely different animal completely different um i mean it's it's night and day but it was uh it was fun and a learning experience if nothing else so gotta know your call outs man you can, everything uh, you can everything every step you, you take on the halo wiki the halo everything. wiki i've nearly completed the halo wiki and uh <laughs> I'm, I'm including a list of all the call outs for all the maps so yeah 
it's uh it's something but um yeah i can't get enough man i'm i'm very interested to see this week when they come back because uh sketch came out and said that uh you know they were taking a well-deserved rest last week and joseph stott and i think said the same but uh they're going to come out this week you know they're going to address the whole progression thing and I, i'm just curious to see what they do in the coming weeks but more so than anything i i had an idea there that we talked about i talked about this yesterday with ks anthony i was saying um Wandering Dutch had made a uh, very sort of interesting point about, you know, ways to fix the progression. And he said that because you have these sort of objective-based progression awards, people are too busy trying to complete the objective. And you could be playing a Slayer game or you could be playing a Capture the Flag or mm-hmm. whatever it is, and they're not actually uh, doing what the purpose of the game is. They are just yep. Yep. selfishly trying to get their own, what do you call it? And the game rewards that. So you can't really uh, have a, you know, a focused match because everybody's like, I need to get a double headshot with whatever, right? Yeah. So uh, my, my th- answer to that is why not award people points, you know, based on winning, based on, you know, uh, your, your KD ratio or whatever it is, or, or you know, how many triple kills you got, all that stuff that no, happens in these normal games, right? Perfect for Hillary. Right? <laughs> but, right, you utilize the training mode. You have a separate mode that is against bots to do that, uh, those sort of uh, mission-based um, progression, meaning if that way, if you need to be selfish and do that thing, go do it against Spartan bots kind of on your own time, as opposed to kind of messing up uh, a team match that you, you may be having. And you could maybe utilize a, a separate, like I said, a separate mode against the bots to do those kinds of things. This is where you need to get a kill with a specific weapon, things like that, because it would help you train as well as progress uh, in the thing. And it helps people like me, because I, I generally don't like playing against people. <laughs> um, mm. So I could I could progress in that way where they're kind of forcing me to pick specific weapons and do certain tasks, whereas you could be awarded for playing the game and doing well at it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Yeah, sorry. And I, sorry, Travis. I was just going to say that the... The kind of strange thing about it is they have that system in Master Chief Collection. Uh, it's much more kind of directed and, and you know, it's more about completing whatever that match is, right? Win the competitive match, do well in this competitive match, those types of things. Um, so it's just weird to me that they, and we talked about this quite a bit last week, but it's weird that they missed the mark so much with these challenges. Um, so yeah. what were we going to say, Travis? I was just going to say, this is a thing in other games too. It's called playing for bounties in the Destiny community. And mm. in the Destiny community, there's like... a a huge problem where all people do is they do activities to complete specific bounties because that's the most rewarding and it's really unhealthy because it means that no one's actually playing for the reasons that they're supposed to be playing they're just playing because they're trying to get their loot or their bounty done or whatever and it's especially destructive when entire game modes become basically fodder for people playing toward these bounties or in in this case challenges Um, for example there's challenges that say go play ranked matches, 
you don't even have to win. You just have to play them. And yeah. so there's people who probably don't want to play ranked hopping into ranked playlists. And if you get one of them on your team, they're just like, <laughs> Hey, look, I'm just, I, I'm like, dude, why aren't you like playing the objective? Why aren't you like working as a team? And they're like, Hey, look, I don't even want to be here. I'm just here to complete the challenge. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, damn dude. Like the whole reason they have a separate playlist for this is to get the, it's sweat, like the, the DMV of game modes. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. It's like, it, it, it's so, I, I, it, it just gets people into playlists. It's a huge problem in destiny. Cause there's like entire game modes that are for like the sweatiest of the sweaty. And then casuals will hop in there because they have to complete a bounty or because they want like a, a skin or a weapon that they can only get there. And I'm just like, yeah. dude, this is like, this yeah, is and, not, and, this and, is and, not it, man. And so, this yeah. is what I mean. You, you could serve both purposes. Right. And I really yeah. think they have something going on not to bring it back to the bots, but I think they have something going on there where 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 the people that are kind of selfishly trying to get something, it doesn't have to be either or. You could do both. Yeah. You could you can reward people for what the actual objective of that match is. So if you're playing ranked whatever, doing well in that should should be able to allow you to progress. And then all that objective-based stuff for the people that don't care about ranked matches and and you know playing capture the flag and things like that they can they have another way to progress right yeah, yeah. yeah. so and i yeah. i also i tweeted about that this week like i just am i'm so perplexed that there's no incentive to win oh yeah winning a match gets you nothing in halo infinite yep, it's ridiculous sure. like so i i completed all my weekly bounties this week because i am a tryhard, and <laughs> now you're at the you're at the point where like you just just playing you get 50 xp and that's all you're gonna get until yep. tuesday reset and so like win lose i'm like hey i'm getting 50 xp so that's i might it. as well just help my friends collect, you know finish their bounties who haven't finished them yet so it's like what am i what like i i honestly am at the point where i'm like de-incentivized de to even play right now until tuesday when it resets because the progress is so slow there's no point to winning i'm not chasing any specific stuff so it's just like all right, is it worth playing 20 matches to rank up one time? Yeah, I'm not you know? quite there. I mean, I play. Whoa. So, yeah, I finished all the weeklies in on the first day. <laughs> yeah, right. That night. So I've had six days of just getting the whole 50 XP. And, um, you know, I play. I'm addicted to it anyway, so I'm going to play regardless of what I'm getting rewarded. But it's very clear that in today's kind of industry, you know, you need some type of reward for people. Um yeah, and to your point, even if it's for, just for extra me, XP for winning, that's yeah, I, they you need you need to get extra. There needs to be a second daily bounty that's like win a match for fifty XP or something like that or a hundred. Um, but but yeah, it's uh the system is very bizarre. And for me, it's not so much that I only play a game if I'm getting rewarded or progression. I totally am from like the old school of like you're playing to play. Like that's the reason you're here, right? But um, there, it's more like if you're trying to use your time well. Like, I know I'm going to have to play it a lot next week when there's new bounties anyway. So, yeah. like, should I use my time this week to do other stuff, stuff that I need to get done, like working on the Halo Infinite Wiki and doing all the other stuff I've got to work on, and then just play again on Tuesday? And when I'm thinking about just min-maxing my time use, it's like, well, I'm going to have to play more next week anyway, so I might as well take care of other stuff. It just, it's, like, really weird to have, like, a full, a full list of reasons to not play right now. You know what I mean? Like that's not what kind of what you want in your ecosystem. So yeah, um, yeah. I I'm glad they're getting a break. I I'm sure their multiplayer team deserves it. But yeah, we we definitely need some 
progression changes and, I, and i'm confident they'll deliver that i mean 343 yeah. is one of the best community manager uh, companies out there so yeah i think we'll look back on this in a few months and you know it'll that, be a completely different thing that's another thing that sort of excites me about um this whole infinite endeavor is that like the 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 team that was dedicated to supporting the master chief collection has now kind of moved on mm -hmm. to infinite so it really tells me and they were sort of really in tune with the community uh but it really tells me that these things like will change and it will be evolving and because um i think that's a that's a pretty good team i know i know master chief collection launched with issues but they kind of worked to iron uh a lot of that out and they were constantly evolving that it, you know, it was basically like the precursor to what Infinite's going to be. So I'm super interested to see the new game modes that they come up with and and yeah. all the changes that they make kind of in real time based on the feedback. But again, don't listen to us too much because Halo fans, and I include myself in that list, are crazy people. So, uh, <laughs> you know. This is true. This is very true. Guilty as charged. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we talked about Halo a lot last week. I think, um, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what this week brings. And, of course, campaign is uh, very soon, So, which is hard to believe almost. But anyway, uh, DE was agreeing with you, by the way, in chat, Travis, about um, about Destiny and the same type of thing. When Halo games have to be pinnacles, can't play to play in Destiny, got to chase that artificial power grind to be raid ready or uh, Grandmaster, I believe that means, right? What is Yeah. What is Halo? I want them to add raids to Halo Infinite at some point. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> no. Don't you start. guys and your can we just put this other game inside the game? Can we put a battle royale inside Halo? It's just let Halo be Halo, man. It's the it's what it's good at. I know, man. I want to raid with grappling hooks. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about uh kind of our main thing we were gonna discuss this week, which is you know, kind of where gaming is right now, but primarily uh, 2021 and the new consoles, right? Xbox Series consoles and PlayStation 5. And we'll start with Series X, Series S, no matter which one you own, <clears throat> or if you have both, of course. But I was looking back on this first year, and, you know, one of the things I think people were concerned with out of the gate with the Xbox side is um, is kind of lack of big games, kind of showing off the new hardware. They were more focused on kind of services and features, and those types of things but uh you know thinking about this first year now when i look at the whole kind of thing of uh the hardware itself the quality of the hardware um the quality of everything that's happened with backwards compatibility and fps boost and auto hdr and all those things how great uh great game pass has grown over the last 12 months and continues to evolve um i gotta say like i'm really 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 enjoying the Xbox ecosystem at the moment. Um, and I know I'm not alone, but I know um, even people, you know, friends I have and others I talk to that are primarily PlayStation players, you know, as a kind of where they kind of live, if you will, um, are really starting to kind of see this future vision of what Xbox is doing and really enjoying it. Cause there's just, it's just a nice place to play games. You know what I mean? There's, there's good hardware, there's good services, there's good support, and there's always something new to play which um which is really really cool when you're invested in it so as you guys look back you think about um kind of xbox in its first year with the new consoles that is um where are you at are you feeling the same are you disappointed are you happy um you know what do you want to see out of xbox going forward um so i'll say for i think this has been 
you know, uh, all things considered, like a really uh, strong start year. And I, and I think that they were kind of slow getting out of the gate. Um, but that never bothered me because um, one other fun fact, remember I told you I kind of went back to school and did all that stuff. Uh, I had taken like five years off of gaming. Mm. Um, and so maybe most things that came out from 2015 till 2020 when the new consoles launched, I completely missed. I'd never wow. played God of War 2018, Spider-Man 2018, uh, Gears 5. Um, I mean, not that this is like a high point for Xbox, but I hadn't played ReCore either. Um, just what most of the games, apart from Breath of the Wild, uh, Mario Odyssey, and um, almost every 2D platformer that came out on the Switch, because I was working on a 2D platformer, uh, I was kind of playing those for research, but uh, I really wasn't gaming. So like um, Witcher 3, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, all those things have oh, not man. played them. I play. I, I I completed wow. uh, God of War 2018 and, and Spider Man on the PS5 this year, and I'm and I'm gonna complete Horizon uh, in January before the new one comes out. But I say all that to say, because I had missed all of that, I was just blown away to be back in gaming, and all those games that I missed, I was just playing them. So to me, the the idea that the people say the first six months was dry for the Xbox. That wasn't the case for me. Sure. Right. Because, and, and, and this is the point, not everyone like, you know, like we are here in the Twitter community. Um, not everyone has played every game when it, when it came out. So people that scoff at, Oh, that's an old game. It's new to me. Right. Sure. And and this idea of sort of respecting that legacy and and, you know, carrying things forward between what they kind of set up, set out to do with uh, back compatibility and FPS boost and sort of just standardizing that uh, cloud save cross by cross progression, cross play. One thing that really kind of stuck with me with, with what what they're doing going forward uh and this to me is probably the 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 most next gen thing they're doing is standardization of the console itself is not the the main endpoint right like the content comes to me so whether i'm um on my pc whether i'm in my living room or whether i'm in a browser i'm not really a fan of the uh playing games in the cloud on your phone. But I do think cloud, uh, xCloud is kind of transformative when you play it in the browser on a PC that otherwise wouldn't be able to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, but when we start to look at this year that uh, Xbox Game Studios has had, I, I want to list off some games and I will list off the uh, meta scores that they got and 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 even if you're not, uh, if you don't pay attention to to Metascore, because I think usually Metacritic is is has like a uh, five point sort of standard deviation, so it's like five points in any direction. Um, you could, I, I think it usually lines up with that. So anyway, um, we've got Gears Tactics, 
launched with the Series X, right? Mm -hmm. 82 Metacritic. We've got Hive Busters. I know it was a DLC, but it did get its own review. Also 82 Metacritic. We have uh, Flight Sim, 90 Metacritic, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. We have um, Psychonauts. What is that, like an 89? 89. 89, right? We have Forza Horizon 5, 92, highest Metacritic game of the year. We have um, Age of Empires, 82, right? Um, And, you know, again, I know this is not on the Xbox, but in terms of what the power of Xbox Game Studios, we also have um, Deathloop, uh, Deathloop, which was another, what was that, 89 or something like that, 88? It's up there, 87, right? 88, yeah. Right, and uh, the Halo multiplayer is getting rave reviews, and I haven't heard much in the way of bad in terms of the people that have been able to preview Halo Infinite, so that may be high up there uh, as well. Yep. Think of that, and then think of the variety in all the games I just yeah. mentioned um, That the, for, for, what, for what Xbox Game Studios is doing, and that's before we come to um, 12 minutes and the ascent. And um, I wasn't really a fan of the medium, but people did like that. Um, and uh, like, I, obviously I'm a death door stand, right? And that was exclusive for a little while. So when you when you look at all those games in, in, in just one year, I can point that, you know, take out Deathloop and take out, um, um, uh, Age of Empires because that's PC. Although I kind of look at it as one thing. Sure. But let's take it out for the guys that only have consoles, right? If if we're including uh, Twelve Minutes, The Ascent, um, Death Door, and um, The Medium, you know we're talking about ten games this year, wildly different genres, all uh, you know at the at the moment when they came out, kind of were were mostly a big deal that's nothing to scoff at and so this idea yeah. of variety this idea of bringing your um bringing forward the old content instead of throwing it behind you um is 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 it's a big deal so and i think this is sort of the future of where we're going of and i think sony will get there too which is um whether you have a console or not, it, it, it doesn't matter. We're, we're going to bring the content to you and this idea of keeping your progression, keeping your backlog, keeping uh, your, the, your library, bringing it forward and you getting to games where you get to them and, and the games and the content coming to you. I think them being able to prove that vision and prove the power of uh, Game Pass, I think it's been a uh resounding success um, yeah. and last thing i'll say is i just want you to think of the media coverage and the overall tone of the conversation around xbox between uh 2018 and 2021 right think of the way that people talk about it right they you like Xbox used to be can't get right. I don't know if you remember that movie Life uh, with uh, <laughs> yes. Eddie Murphy, Eddie and, Murphy, uh, Martin yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, but uh, he th- that's that's what they were, and now everybody's afraid of sort of who they're going to buy next or 
or just praising uh, Game Pass and and truly excited about what's on the horizon for them. So I think that in and of itself is uh, no small feat. And they were able to do that in a very short period of time, considering how long they had been uh, running the brand into the ground. So um, <laughs> I, I, it, I think... I think it's it's been a uh, uh, this year in terms of making up ground uh, has been a resounding resounding success. So. Yeah, yeah, Travis. Um, yeah, I think uh, 2021 will probably be a tale of two uh, two things that happened. There was there's a lot of great stuff, obviously, and I think Everborn um, touched on some of that. But there's also a lot of really not great stuff that happened this year in the industry. One, we have these new industry or Xbox. The industry. We're well, we're okay. talking about PlayStation and Xbox, right? At this point, or are we just talking X, about Xbox? just Xbox right now? Okay, so just Xbox. I mean, these these problems sort of apply to both, but sure. you know, we have we have this these new consoles and nobody can buy them. That's like the <laughs> sure, problem, right? We got these these new chips and and there's a chip shortage and there's the still the pandemic stuff uh, picking up all. We're still picking up the pieces from that. There's yeah. a ton of game delays, right? Some games are launching when they should have been delayed because working remote is, is super hard, especially if you're making a game, something that's very collaborative and uh, a team effort and all that stuff. Um, so a lot of games launch not well. A lot of games get delayed. Um, there aren't any games this year that make me think that we'll be talking about them in five years, right? Like there's so at least one or two games, I think, every year that I think we'll be talking about in five years and i don't think we got one this year halo infinite could come out this you know it's going to come out this year could come out this year and it could be that game but uh you know um last year half-life alex hades games that i think we're still talking about breath of the wild a couple of years ago god of war in 2018 all that stuff uh i, I think are, are big landmark games um and i don't think we got one this year i'll be I, talking about death door in five years that's my uh well, you're also still talking about Sega, so this is true. This is true. We, North remembers. Still North remembers. I don't know. If that's, anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so I there, there's there's some of that stuff that I I think um, we we could probably could have done better. Um, but overall, for Xbox, um, I think the key to their success has really just been accessibility because it's so easy. I don't know about you, Ains. You're, you're like a hardcore gamer and all the people I've heard you talk about are like hardcore gamers as well. But I have lots of friends that are not hardcore gamers. They buy like one or two games a year. Sure. And so convincing them to get Game Pass so that we always have the same games yeah. has been such a godsend because they'll be like, I'm not going to try a game. I'm, you know, I'm going to just stick with like Call of Duty or Madden or whatever. Like I have those guys as friends. Right. Um, and but, it, but it's so great to um, it's so great to to be able to be like, hey, just get game pass and that'll have all the games that you want to play on it. And then also I can convince you to play like knockout city, right? Like that was on game pass when it yeah. came out. Uh, I can convince you to uh, try dodgeball academia. If you're into like old RPGs and stuff like that, there's just like so many interesting games um, that they can try. And even, even my girlfriend, like she subscribed to game pass. She just did the trial. She wasn't going to keep it, but now she just hops on and is like, what games can I try without buying anything? And it's so, it's so cool to see, that sort of remove barriers and make yeah. things more accessible than ever. Um, you know, I, I'm, I also don't like playing games on my phone, but I do. 
because when I'm not at my house, I still want to play Xbox. And so I end up you know, playing Destiny PvP on my uh, phone, which uh, has flamed my my KDA on that platform. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, that even that stuff, being able to play on PC and travel back and forth. I also think a landmark of 2021 that we'll probably look back on for a really long time, and this is not just an Xbox thing, but I think Xbox is probably the reason it happened, which is the normalization of crossplay. Mm. That was huge this year. And it sort of started last year and even in 2019. But like, I feel like Xbox had been chipping away at that for a really long time. And this is the year where finally games started coming out and it was sort of the expectation. Like now when a game comes out, it's like one of the first things people ask about. And when the answer is no, they're like surprised slash disappointed uh, as opposed to in the past where when the answer was no, they were like, well, yeah, of course it isn't. Right. Yeah. Like that was sort of like the, the norm. So I think that's huge. And I think Xbox deserves a ton of credit for pushing the industry in that direction. Um, kicking so yeah, and I, screaming. It really was. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Um, it really was. But like, um, you know, even even as a guy who talks about Destiny a lot, like I used to have to buy Destiny on four different platforms. Like I had to, like for my job. And and also there, there are people who have friends on certain platforms on PC or and then on, on PlayStation and they're buying the game multiple times. I was buying it four times. Uh, and, you know, now it's so much more consumer friendly when you can cross play, you can play on the platform you want and you can connect with your friends on all the platforms cross save is even better uh, that's also becoming yeah. way more normal um and i think um I, th I think that that like the accessibility is probably something that 2021 will be really known for um success of game pass more than the games itself um that said there were some really good games on xbox some of them were in game pass some of them were uh you know surprises like uh, death's door total surprise in my book um Guardians of the Galaxy didn't expect to be thinking that game was yeah, a lot of there people loving it, man. We've talked about yeah, it. I, that that definitely makes my top five this year for game of the year. Um, so yeah, there, there's there were a lot of games that uh, definitely surprised me and were good. But yeah, I think a little bit of good, a little bit of bad on on Xbox's side. I just bought the two terabyte external SSD oh, card that they're selling. Nice, for nice. Four hundred dollars. <laughs> this is the. This I, is I the want you to think about that. That is the price of a PS5 digital. I would have paid four thousand dollars if they would have made it a ten terabyte. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I am. That's another thing that really I feel like Xbox needs to work on is the storage situation is untenable. I mean, both sides need to work on this. But like, well, if your games are now a terabyte, like if if it takes a terabyte, you can't sell me a drive that's just a terabyte. You can't sell me a console that only has five hundred and twelve gigabytes. That's insane. There, I own games that can't be played on the Series S without an external drive that's in that's nuts dude that's so you so insanity. you own cod is what you're saying um, <laughs> i'm call of duty yes. uh, yeah no it, it's <laughs> it's kind of crazy uh i also i will say um another thing xbox really got right this year uh and they sort of did it last year because that's when the consoles launched but the series s is amazing yeah i mm. i own four xbox series s's four of them which is too many. That's like yeah, way why? too many. Yeah, I know. Exactly. That is a great question. Uh, the, the answer is because when you see one, you're like, well, it's just 300 bucks. Like I'll just, I'll pick one up. I'll get one so, for the other room. Like 
it's just it's so great. I've been having an ongoing uh, debate with uh, Mr. K. Asante there. Yeah. And I have been on record as not. Be now, I own a Series S. I got one for my girls and they love it. Mm -hmm. uh, but they only play like Minecraft and Roblox and it loads so much faster. That's all they know. That's all they care about. They, ha sure. they had yeah. it. They had a uh, series. They had a one S all digital. Yeah. So, yeah. I, which is the um, the Xbox Sad Edition. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, uh, my argument here is that um, in the um, in the former half of the generation, any generation, it's the hardcores that are onboarded first. And then the casuals come later, usually when uh, the price drop comes, right? And I think that was part of the calculus for needing a 299 console because market research shows that when the councils are able to hit that price point is when they really start to take off. So Xbox wanted to hit that price point on day one the same way they did with the, um, with the, the 360. Right. Remember, there was no no hard drive version of the 360. They were able to sell the uh, switch was 299. It was able to sell last generation when the PS4 was able to hit 299. That is when it really kind of took off. Right. So, uh, so I get I get that aspect of it. But if it is a basically a 1080p console, they say 1440p, but for the most part, it's a 1080p console. Um, my, my thinking is that, um, cloud gaming is a lot better than I thought it would be, especially, and I'm not talking about on your phone. I'm talking about on your console where you have either, you know, dedicated Wi-Fi or, um, you know, plugged in Ethernet. Yeah. Uh, the latency is almost I think not I I think I get where you're going with this. That like with cloud, maybe there's no reason for a series. It feels redundant to me with the cloud. I, I, I completely disagree with that for a number of reasons. And this is my personal experience. I live in San Francisco where the internet's great, so I probably could play cloud. But cloud is such a limited platform right now. You can only access a couple dozen games through the cloud. Uh, it, it's not. It's, I I have I own th three or four thousand games on Xbox, and on my Series S, I have all of them with me. Right, I can download them at any time and play them. Uh, it doesn't matter if I'm traveling or on a plane or whatever and have to worry about uh, my Wi-Fi. So I think there definitely is a place for the Series S. Also, games just tend to play better on on more consistently on, on, on local hardware. And I think there's a reason for it. And personally, like I'm the type of guy who <laughs> I think 4K is overhyped and I own an AK TV. Like yeah. I, I have... Uh, all the reasons to play on the highest settings and all that stuff and have a, you know, a big TV and all that. But um, having the series S and just being able to like pop it up, I, you know, I have a friend over and we're trying to play a multiplayer game that doesn't support split screen. Okay. Well, I've got a little backup Xbox here. It's 1080p, but who cares? Right. Or I'm playing at a friend's house and I brought my series S with me because it's so small. All it's missing is a handle and it's basically a GameCube, Right. Well, like I, 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 actually... I just think that there's a, a place for that. I'm with you on the the 4K being um, you know a misguided uh, requirement. I really, even with the Series X, I kind of wish game developers would maybe focus on like 1440p 
upscaled and use the the rest of that uh, available power to give you I like more that they consistent give the frame rates. Now. Yeah, I like mean, I, I, yeah, 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 I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that's that options are always good, right? But yeah. I, I like really, if if I just if there was a way to kind of standardize around uh 1440p with higher uh frame rates and particle effects and things like that, I I I don't feel like most people could tell the difference with their naked eye, like a, without Digital Foundry telling them, because and Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is a prime example of that. So many people were like, this game looks amazing. Oh my God, it's great. Digital Foundry is like, by the way, it's 1080p. And then all of a sudden people are like, my eyes are burning. Right? Returnal yeah. was that way too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, people, people, yeah, there's the way overhyped people are saying like, oh, if it's not 60 FPS, it actually hurts my eyes. It doesn't. I probably well, there, there, There's so true. many nuances to it. For, like I, 4K in terms of a display image, uh, I'm completely on board with. But what you guys are really talking about is rendering resolution, which is completely different, yeah. right? And then you have texture resolution. There's there's a whole lot of, we talk about this all the time, there's a lot of things that go into creating an image from a game perspective. And 4K is just like, display 4K is completely different for than, than all but, the other but things. But people that act it. like it's like this thing that has to be attained for it to be next gen. And I think that... The series s proves that's not true like sure the, ser the series s to me feels like a next-gen console because it's fast because it can run every game because it benefits from quick resume and all well, that stuff like let me ask you a question yeah I, I you know and i and i posed this question to uh wandering dutch and Sante yesterday is series s actually the main skew i would be willing to bet it sold more it well, I, it did sell more this holiday, but I'm saying in terms of okay, uh, Series S is our is our main skew, and the X is an upgraded version of that. And sure, more people might be buying the X now, but that's because you've got to be a hardcore to even get these things now. But yeah, really, when Microsoft was designing these things, was Series S their main line that they had in yeah. mind instead of a side thing. I think that so. makes sense. Yeah, I I wrote an article like a year and a half, two years ago about where Xbox was going when I learned about some of the dual skew stats. Um, and the point I made at the time is that, yeah, it, exactly what you're saying is that the hardcore guys uh, like us, right, who are playing games every day uh, and are in tune to the industry will will have an X. But there's a global market out there beyond cloud, which is a whole nother aspect that Xbox is trying to reach. And in markets where uh, things are not necessarily as affordable, where 4K is not as prevalent, um, you know, there's all these different factors that go into someone's decision to purchase a console. You covered some of them ever born with just sheer price point, right? Um, that, yeah, the S is there into the market console looking as, it's their workhorse, right? It's the one that they're looking at to be the Xbox in the household. The Series X is the upgraded version of that, for sure. I yeah, for, and for me, an industry guy, like the X is my premium experience. It's what I want to like review games on when I'm in my home theater with surround sound and all that stuff. And then the Series S is like if I got to play in the bedroom or if I have to play on the go, I got you know a briefcase that's got a screen in it, and I keep my S in there. And if I if I was using the Series X for that, it just wouldn't work. That Series X would not fit in a briefcase. Like there's no way to kind of make that device portable. So I think it's kind of brilliant. Um, 
and it gives me everything I need. Like when I play on a Series S, I don't think like, oh yeah, this is like a like an obviously worse experience. I I honestly can't really even tell the difference most of the time. When I'm at my home theater, I'm sure if I swapped out my S and my X with an S and played on on that, I'm sure I would tell. I would be able to tell. But uh, normally, it just it gives me a similar experience. It's good enough, and I think uh, I think that Xbox did this for a reason. The Series S and the Series X are going to be uh, lines of games or of consoles that come out. There's going to be an X2 and an S2, essentially, and they're just going to keep these two consoles running in parallel for as long as they are profitable. And I think um, I think they will continue to be. Yeah, Another- yeah. You have guys, you have guys like me only buying one X, whereas before I would have bought, you know, if they were just selling the five hundred dollar Xbox One, I probably would have bought two or three of those, but. Um, ultimately they're they're serving two markets incredibly well and playstation's only serving one that's well, an I advantage mean, selfishly i wanted an all digital series X. I have two series x's and one series s but yeah. i wanted an all digital uh series x because i haven't be used the physical yeah, yeah. I, I haven't used the physical disc yeah. since 2013 right like <laughs> i i are so old this is what i'm saying like i I would love a 399 uh, all digital Series X. That being said, I do think one thing I'll give the Series S, um, I and I don't know if this was in their calculation, but when you're in an ecosystem, like I, like right now, I have this iPhone, right? But I also have a Surface Duo 2, you know, that folding mm, yeah, screen yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have, for a month now, I have been trying to transition over to the Duo 2, but I'm so ingrained in this uh, hellscape that is called the Apple ecosystem <laughs> that it is very hard to leave, even though I want to and have wanted to for years. And so I think there's a lot of people on PlayStation that look, that's where their library is. That's where their friends are. That's where their trophies are. It will be hard for them to uh, cut and run and go to another platform. However, it's less difficult if you have a device that will serve as a secondary console, like much the way the Switch benefited in this last generation. Because I think a lot of people that have the Switch also had an Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. So if they can position the Series S as something that you will get in addition to your PlayStation <laughs> 5, yeah. that might be a smart place to be. Yeah. And it's very it's harder to say you just spent four or five hundred dollars on this box, now spend another five hundred on the Series X. An easier sell is you got a PlayStation 5, but you want to play Starfield and you want to play Halo, you want to play Forza, grab this $300 Series S real quick. Yep. That's on uh, top of your PS5. That's another uh, point I put in my article (laughs) (laughs) when I wrote it. Uh, Exactly that. Uh, And the Switch, as you said, has benefited from that as well. In fact, I mean, the last survey we said, or last survey we saw, on that there was some data around how many uh people that are switch owners own either a playstation or xbox as well and it was like if i remember correctly if i'm not getting this wrong it was like 85 percent. so you know there's very few people it seems anyway that are literally just have a switch and no, nothing else so yeah. for that reason so it's a um, supplementary exactly supplementary console um the one the one last question on xbox i wanted to touch on before we we cover playstation uh briefly is um we, we've heard a lot for years now, uh, and I'm not a proponent of it because I love these franchises, 
but we heard a lot for years that Xbox is Xbox, or excuse me, is Halo, Gears, and Forza. Halo, Gears, and Forza. They Ooh, only have I three love to talk about this. Yeah, I, Halo, I, I, Gears, I, Forza. Um, here's the thing. Just, hold on, hold on, I haven't asked my okay, question okay. yet. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Because <laughs> that 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 statement grinds my gears. I, yeah, me ahead. too, me too, <laughs> me too. Um, but the point I was making, right, is for the people like us who that that statement annoys, right? Um, but for the other people who feel that that's a valid point, they only have these three tent pole. Very pole valid. Although you forgot the fourth one. It's Halo, Gears, Forza, and TV. Can't forget the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so but the point i'm making is that do you feel now we we've got forza horizon 5 which is the highest rated game of the year widely, Probably played widely by the most people yeah played by tons of people count. we've got halo infinite coming or, or half here where multiplayer is being again applauded you've got the H most played game on the xbox above fortnite and cod yeah, right uh, it's it's being viewed more. We talked about all this last week. Viewed more. The HCS hit its record number of teams two weeks in a row now. Um, all this, right? And the campaign previews have been fantastic. Do you think that Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite have kind of blown a hole in that argument to say these franchises, yes, it's still Halo and Forza, but they're so kind of moving the bar forward that that argument was kind of stupid to begin with or they've corrected that argument? No. Um, I think it's both, but I think the argument itself was a straw man to begin with. No one says about Nintendo, oh, uh, Mario, Zelda, and and um, what's oh, the fighting oh, they game? they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> that, and, but, that but, is in but the IGN's people, comments section every time I post a Nintendo and review. People keep buying it specifically for that, right? You yep. can't tell it's me just Pokemon and it's just Pokemon, Zelda, and Mario. It's all it is. Yeah, and but it's yeah, great. That's and, why and I, I go there. It. Yeah, right. exactly. And this yeah. is the thing: you can't say, "Oh, Halo, Gears, and Forza," and then say, "I want Ratchet and Clank 16 and God of War 10 and <laughs> and and whatever other sequel PlayStation yeah. is doing." Right? That is the point. Right yeah, now, just, those just, games... just discount the three best things. Be like, oh, you know, with if you don't count, uh, you know, pizza and and burgers and you know all the yeah. all the things you like best, then well, but that's the thing. Then my, then my, you... then my diet's healthy if you don't count those exactly. Things. But 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 they, <laughs> they teach you this in debate class. I don't know if you if you guys have ever been to the debate class. Of course, look, I was the look. president of the debate club. What up? I'm a nerd. So so you this know this, right? Me. Look, yeah, I'm not shocked at all. <laughs> Look at your opponent's strong suit, discredit it off the bat so that they can't use it, and now try to use it against them, right? And then you, then the second uh, step that you do is limit the conversation to an argument you can win, right? So the first thing they'll say is, we know they're going to say Halo, Gears, and Forza are great. So let's try to pretend that that's not a good thing. And then, and then phase two is... Let's solely limit the conversation to the one specific type of game that uh, my side does really well, right? So it's only about nobody. Let's not talk about third party. Let's not talk about ease of access. Let's not talk about ecosystems. Let's not talk about cross save, buy and progression. Let's not do any of that. Let's only focus on uh, first party AAA bangers. Sorry, bad bit in the chat. I know you hate that term. <laughs> but let's limit the conversation to that so we can win that thing, 
right? And let's let's move the conversation away from value, right? Because we want to, we don't want you to win that argument. So we'll say, I'm happy to pay more for a game, right? And so we'll do all those things, but all of that is just debate tactics one-on-one. So Halo, Gears, and Forza are great, but it is no longer Halo, Gears, and Forza, right? This is why I say it's both. So there is Halo, Gears, and Forza, but there's also um, Sea of Thieves, 25 million players in that thing. They just did the uh, Pirate's Life thing. So Halo, Gears, Forza, Sea of Thieves, but it doesn't stop there, right? Because now it's Halo, Gears, Forza, Sea of Thieves, and Doom and Elder Scrolls, and Fallout, and coming soon, Starfield, and Wolfenstein. And you can't tell me all those titles are not juggernauts. Oh, I can, and I will in the IGN comments section. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, 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 so this is, this is, this is the thing. So one, it was a foolish argument to begin with, but even if you even if you go and play in the waters of that ridiculous argument, the question has still been answered. And now it's not just Halo Gears and Forza. It's Halo Gears Forza plus seven other juggernauts. So now there are 10 mainline juggernaut franchises. And those are before the new ones come out because we don't know what Hellblade is going to do. We don't know what Forza and Avowed. I mean, we do know, but let's pretend we don't know. Uh, and Outer Worlds, and Fable. whatever Everwild is going to be. Yeah. All, Fable as well, right? Mm -hmm. So so look at all of those uh, big mainline IPs. The question has be, been answered, but we live in a... Um, we only live in the right now, and a lot, it seems like a lot of us in these debates do not have uh, the foresight to see where things are, are, are going, Right. So to quote uh, Kay Asante, you see the wolf tracks in the snow. Do you actually need to catch up with the wolf before you know that uh, you're surrounded, right? So I, I say all that to say- why are, you, um, why are you trying to catch up with the wolf if the wolf is gonna kill you? I feel like you should go the other way if you see the wolf tracks. No, but this is the thing, they don't, you know, they don't, they is, haven't is seen a wolf. Is Kaysante right? Liam Neeson from The Gray? Is that why he's following <laughs> actually might tracks? be. He, he <laughs> might be? Okay, good. You know what's hilarious? At the, the end of that movie where he's like praying at the end. Yeah, doesn't he then, kill him with like old beer bottles or something? Yeah, like that? Yeah, 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 Little, little schnapps, <laughs> mini schnapps bottles or something. But, um, <laughs> no, but, 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 but that's the thing. So they, they've, the, the argument was ridiculous, but they've answered it. And now there are 10 mainline juggernaut uh, franchises in the Xbox. I think, yeah, I think there's more than 10 if you if you actually put I'm, the totality. Of I'm, the, I'm being generous, yeah. right? <laughs> like no, you're being conservative. conservative. Yes, yes, yeah. conservative. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying I'm saying I'm being generous to the people who made the dumb argument. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think to answer your question, Ains, from my perspective, the answer is just no because. 
even if Forza and Halo are better, the people who are saying that either are making a facetious argument and don't actually care, or they're the type of people who don't like to play those games and them being better isn't going to make them want to play it more. If you're yeah. not into shooters, you can't go to somebody who's not into shooters and be like, yo, but this new Halo is a really good shooter. They're like, I don't care. I'm not interested. It's like yeah. telling me that there's a really good punk rock band. And I'm like, well, I don't want to listen to it. I, <laughs> I don't care how good they are, right? Well, um, so What if the Master Chief, right? What if he had a daughter that he had to take care of and uh, he was really sad about it? Oh, kill um, my family. Kill my family. All right. Yeah, please no on that one. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's certain people who don't like Gears or Halo because they're not into shooters and then they also don't like Forza because they're not into car games. I don't think any of those the games that came out this year are going to change your mind except for maybe gears tactics because that really is a different type of game but uh um, then they gotta I, be I, into rts kind of games for that right yeah right then <laughs> but maybe you're not into rts's maybe you're exclusively into <laughs> third person action games with the story that of somebody who's a dad or about to become a dad maybe I that's, think that's all <laughs> you like and if that's all you like then the, there's a console for you let me tell you they've been putting out bangers for you Soon to be fathers for a really long time. Sorry, Mr. Bad, but is Mr. Um, Bad a soon to be father? So, yeah, I think are we, no. Are we I think breaking the news. I think he's about to pop out a banger of a child uh, somewhere <laughs> out there. It's going to be really. He's going to be a lit father. Um, <laughs> All right. So overall, uh, that that's kind of Xbox. I think we've talked about that extensively, right? And I think good first year. And I think uh, I can't wait here in the coming week or two till we can start talking about the Halo campaign together. Um, but let's jump over and talk about PlayStation 5 uh, and how they've been doing. So we know PlayStation 5 has had uh, a hell of a launch. Uh, globally, you know, from a sales perspective, they've been crushing it, uh, which I think is not surprising at all um it's i think it's even more surprising than numbers they've been hitting given the chip shortage right because who knows how many they would have sold by now if there weren't uh if they were just readily available at stores um but they had uh you know some great games in this first year as well we were talking about returnal earlier talking about death loop uh ratchet and clank uh you know astro's playroom was a launch packing game but fantastic uh i'll i'll pimp of course Sackboy again fantastic platformer um, there's just been some excellent, excellent titles, even though the fall's been, you know, from a first party perspective, falls really dry for them, but, uh, you know, still a great first year for the console. And I think that, um, what I'd really like to see, I was kind of thinking about PlayStation and what I'd really like to see. And we kind of touched on some of it with Xbox is that Xbox has built this ecosystem. That's incredibly accessible, probably the most accessible console ecosystem we've seen ever. Um, console i use with air quotes um and game pass and all these things and i'd really like to see playstation move faster to broaden their space they're 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 still you know they're making strides they've got ps now they've got uh you know we know they're working on mobile development but i i really want to see them get out of what we were just talking about which is you have to have the console our first party stuff is third person over the shoulder action adventure and regardless of how good it is, and they're fantastic games, I play all of them. Um, you know, I can't wait. Horizon's one of my most anticipated games of the spring. But, you know, it outside of those... Unfortunately, for, Aloy just became a father in Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but for, for me personally, and again, we're talking personal here. Um, 
it is my exclusives box, right? It's the game. It's the console I'm going to turn on to play Horizon. I'll play that for a few weeks. I'll beat it, and then play PS5 will be off again. Um, and I, I'd love to have more titles that um, really kind of uh, create engagement on that platform. And by engagement, I mean uh, living titles, not necessarily like free-to-play service games, right? But games you can revisit with new content and with your friends and more of a focus on um, community on the PlayStation side. Because I just love that about Xbox. And I'm still playing Gears and I'm still playing Forza and I'm still playing, you know, there's all these titles. Sea of Thieves is a perfect TV. example. All these, uh, <laughs> all these titles that um, just create long-term engagement. And despite the accolades that games like Last of Us 2 uh, or Horizon or whatever God of War get, uh, they are kind of a, a one and done type thing. And I know that phrase is used too much, but it's what I want to see. And I think they're getting there, right? We know they have multiplayer games in development. We know that Jade Raymond Studio is working on that game um, for them. We know they bought Fire Sprite and we know they have deals in the work. So I think they recognize this as well, that engagement is a, a focal point for PlayStation in the future. Um, that's kind of where I want to see them go. Uh, despite having, you know, great console. I like, uh, the dual sense is a big improvement over the DualShock 4 though. God, please get rid of, uh, parallel sticks, please. At some point in the future, that's terrible. Yeah. And I, the touch, yeah, I know. I hate the touchpad. I, I don't understand why it's there. Nobody actually uses it as a touchpad in the game, including Sony. Sony it's your menu or map button. That's all it is. Yeah, it's menu map button, and then you can't even use it to scroll around the map like you used to back when they first introduced it for yeah, PS4. Yeah. They, just, they stopped making it a touchpad. It's kind of insane. Um, but yeah, Sony's been obsessed with touchpads ever since the Vita. The, the, the offset sticks on the Xbox is one of the reasons I primarily play all my multiplayer on here. Xbox. I can't yeah. stand because, um, like, if I. Yeah. Like, uh, let's take Game Pass out of it, right? Because I'm obviously not going to buy a game somewhere else that is included in the subscription that I'm already paying for, because that would be lunacy. Um, so taking that out of it, if there's a third-party game that I can buy on both platforms, um, I, I'm i not even going to say nine times out of ten. Ten times out of ten, I buy it on the Xbox. I just prefer the controller. Partly that's where... You know, I got most of my achievements or whatever, so I play there. But uh, yeah, I think the What's same. Your I, I, for like, man, oh, it's terrible. terrible. It's it's terrible. It's Twenty it's terrible. less than thirty thousand. Oh wow, that is terrible. I told you. <laughs> That's those five years I took. No off, false man. advertising. We know. That. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the, the one the one thing I was gonna say um, that is how I use the PlayStation uh, as well. Like I I I will. I play exclusives wherever they come, whether it's on Oculus or PlayStation, uh, Xbox, wherever. But the multi the the Xbox is my multi plat machine, um, and the PlayStation is for the for the exclusives. I need my exclusives. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think we're alone yeah, there. I, think, I just uh... think, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry, I kind of already made the point I was trying to make. Is uh, you know, PlayStation obviously globally doing extremely well. It's not going to slow down. They have a their brand power is immense, and I think people underestimate how strong the brand power is outside of North America, in particularly. Um, and you know, they still are making great games. They have a ton of great games in development, so it's a it's a fantastic place to game. Um, but I really do want to see it just, again, me personally, I like that online engagement, online gaming, playing with friends is where I spend most of my time. 
um, and, and PlayStation just from a first party perspective doesn't do a great job of that today. And that's where I want to see them improve. Yeah. So I guess I'm on the opposite side of you, Ains. I kind okay. of don't want them to, to change or become more accessible. I, and I I'll think, I'm, um, be clear. I'm, I'm not saying to stop making the God of Wars or I get Horizon, that. et cetera. Yeah. I think their walled garden model works. Okay. For them, for them. It's, uh, and I think that that's okay. I think, um, if you want to make like a, a walled garden where you have these super premium experiences and they have a certain model, maybe that isn't like a game as a service model, because I do want them to have non games as a service model. But the thing is, once you get a taste of games as a service, that's all you want to do. Just look at Ubisoft. All their games are <laughs> games as a service games, right? Right. Uh, EA is quickly following suit. Um, there aren't a lot of like single player games. And I think in order to make that business profitable, you have to, make people pay to get into your walled garden and pay premium prices like paying $70. And I don't know if creating a game pass um, kind of clone is the right way to go. Um, I, I'm an Xbox main. I think it's the more accessible platform for other people who are, who are casuals. I will probably continue to buy my uh, multi-platform games on Xbox just because I think they do a better job with that ecosystem. And I don't like the PlayStation controller uh, very much. Um, but I think that they're, I would hate to see the model of the walled garden go away completely. You know, um, I, I, I think there's room in the industry for everyone to succeed with their own businesses. And I think what the switch is doing and what Nintendo is doing is crazy. It's totally different from any, everything else. What steam is doing on PC is just a whole another world. Um, what Xbox is doing, they've got their thing doing. I've already talked about it. And PlayStation has got this sort of unique model that they've carved out that I think Xbox was trying to compete in for years and not doing well at. And yeah. I, I'm really glad to see them sort of um, just break off and try their own thing and and yeah. be successful in it and kind of find their own identity. Um, and so now we've got four companies with four very different business models. And I kind of love that. I do, to too. To be honest with you. I do, too. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, uh, I, I hope that they'll continue to, to push out uh, single-player games that are great stories that I play once and then I get back to my games as a service game. Um, and I kind of love that that's part of their identity. And I think their fan base does too. I think their fan base loves logging on and just like diving into some crazy open world RPG like Horizon Zero Dawn um, and then logging off to play, you know, sort of less substantial games. Like they just log on and start, you know, playing Rocket League for, for you know, days and days and all that stuff. Another um, thing that I think can't that, be uh, discounted uh, quick resume. It's a uh, goddamn True. amazing. <laughs> it is pretty great. It's no, also I... great. Like, hey, there's another, uh, there's another thing going back to the series S. It is quite amazing when you have a portable series S and you're playing at your friend's house and then you bring it back home and you plug it in and the game is still on. That mm -hmm. is like, like I, I had no idea quick resume worked when you unplug the Xbox yeah. from the wall, but it does. It's, it's, it saves it's, it it's, it's yeah, directly to her. Yeah. Um, um but no, I, I, it's not that I disagree with you. I actually agree with all that. And I think one of the things we always stress here is that there's plenty of room in the gaming industry for uh, all these platforms and publishers, for if you will, to be successful. And they're, and they're showing that. I mean, we talk about it all the time. Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation revenue is all up. It's all increasing. Um, and to your point about the model for PlayStation working, absolutely it does. Uh, they, they, 
uh, far and away have yeah, higher yeah. rankings. And I don't want them. I don't want them chasing another model, right? Like I, you wouldn't want Xbox to start trying to be Nintendo and like no. come up with like quirky no. consoles. Don't and, even like, put do those words stuff. out there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I and and to that same thing, I don't want playstation to try to chase somebody else's model i don't want them to chase xbox with game pass or whatever i kind of just want them to keep doing whatever works for them and you and mean like how i age. just uh asked for halo to have raids like destiny <laughs> exactly. yeah, exactly. I, don't want, I don't want halo to have battle royale like things can be different not everything has to be everything you know okay. um and so i i just think uh like their model works and it's unique you can't get that experience anywhere else and so Keep doing it as long as you can make that profitable and don't don't chase game pass don't chase uh trying to make a low-end console or, or a series s clone or anything like that just like do what works for you like, that's what i say so let, let me say it this way because maybe this is the simpler way to say it i want a reason to turn on my playstation 5 outside of a single player game every six months and I don't really have that reason from Sony. It's got a good Blu-ray player. I don't know. <laughs> have, you tried, have you heard of TV? Have you... <laughs> yeah, they have Apple uh, TV. I, I think with PSN Plus, right? So yeah, but, I don't. I don't know, man. Like I, I sort of have that relationship with my Switch. Anytime there's a big exclusive, I'll pop yeah. that thing on and just get like super addicted to it. And my PlayStation, I just I pop it on when there's new exclusives. And some people use it for multiplats, but if you don't use it, if you don't use it for multiplats, I don't think it's ever really going to be your place i don't think you're ever really going to turn it on unless you're downloading those ps plus games every month or which i forget what, what to all the time i forget to all the time too <laughs> but like uh that's like a reason to log on once a month at least so yeah i don't know sure. man i i think i i love the 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 kind of niche that that playstation has carved out it's not really a niche it's huge uh but i, I like the part of the market that they where they sit and i think it's we're we're in the, the healthiest relationship between all four of these different platforms Agreed. that we've ever been in. It's Agreed. like, so it's kind yeah, of amazing. I, I, and I think that's a, 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 a great point. Um, I think we see a lot of people still invested in vestiges of that sort of, um, you know, Sega, Nintendo, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, like, uh, war with uh you know like uh shitty marketing tactics and like kind of <laughs> good old boy days of the the council wars that was started for marketing reasons and largely the companies have moved on for that and they are by and large playing nice with each other and kind of giving each other space to do what what they do um and i think that's great i think there's enough room for each of the uh ecosystems to thrive doing what what uh what they do best and everybody can grow and it, it doesn't have to be this zero-sum game so sony can continue with with their sort of you know quadruple a you know uh event type of games and microsoft can continue with this new uh you know forging ahead with the subscription model and ease of access and putting the player at the center of anything and Nintendo can continue to thrive selling of cardboard boxes, right? <laughs> and everybody can be great and we can just enjoy all of it. We don't have to fight. Agreed. Right. We're not unpaid marketing interns. We could just, you know, doesn't matter who some sells more. Are. Well, yeah, some of us are. Yeah. Some, some people are, but they're not on this show. So yeah. That we know of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say all that to say 
Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo do not need defense lawyers, not from the likes of us on Twitter. Like <laughs> it doesn't, you don't have to defend them. You don't have to disparage Tell that to them. Richard Hogue. Tell that. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can just play what you like and, and, and uh, whoever sells more be damned because it's not going to Neopon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm always amazed by how much people care. I'm glad that people care about the industry. I would like them to direct their care toward different things. Yes, yeah, they can spend Maybe that care a little bit less ways. about how many how many consoles are sold and a little bit more toward like the the creep of microtransactions and quality yeah. of games at launch. Quality of uh, our game creators' lives, Activision, yep. for example. And the uh, the stuff I talk about in my reviews, maybe maybe dig into some of that. Yeah, maybe like, maybe try like, to prevent the Nerf legends from getting released. <laughs> I don't know how. How can how we how can we tackle that issue? All come yeah, together and make sure that, that this never happens again. <laughs> Let me get this super chat from Mr. Mariano Pampa. Ten dollars super chat. Thank you very much, brother. Fair to say, owning both consoles has been great. Both sides doing well, and we are going to be well fed in the coming years. Also, new Halo Infinite trailer just dropped. Chef's kiss. Ten more what? days. I know where I'm Not going. Watch that. Oh boy! All Don't right, watch well. it. Don't watch it. It's a it's a story trailer. Don't watch it. Uh, well, oh the oh, carry no. on trailer. Okay. All right. I'm okay. curious. I'm curious. We'll we'll check it out. But Pampa, thank yeah. you. Pampa has been one of my nightly Halo Infinite teammates uh, that we are playing every single night, way too late into the evening. So, uh, which I'm sure we'll do again tonight. You never hit me up. I we're never. always open. Always open. You joined us the other You're, day. I, what are you talking you about? Appear, you appear offline, bro. Sometimes. Yeah. Always. I think you just have me blocked. Appear offline to Travis. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I, I, it's custom CSL in my. Uh, I look. I look for you. I'll be like, oh, we're looking for a big team battle group. Uh, Ains always says he's got like ten people on. Let's try to get in his group, and then it's just like, no, he's not online. I know he's online. He doesn't have a life outside of Halo. His kids that's don't true. even know his name. This, he that's also true. Definitely is on Halo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. So uh, with that, uh, yeah, man, I think. Um, you know, it's a, a great time in the industry. I'm looking forward to these next coming weeks. Obviously, as a Halo stand, we always talk about it's going to be a very exciting time. We've got the Game Awards coming up, whether you think about them or not. We've got a bunch of reveals. And um, we will also have the uh, just a few things to mention. So uh, more Halo coverage coming at Season Gaming. We do have the SG Awards uh, coming back this year as well. It's going to be slightly different from um, last year. It will come in January after the year is actually complete. And um, we're going to be more focused on our individual contributors this year rather than like all up awards, because quite frankly, um, you know, there's so many good games. There's so many games that go unrecognized. We talked about a couple of them here today that we thought it would make a lot more sense for us to uh, kind of focus on. Yes, here's the critically rated best games of the year. But here's a bunch of other games that all of our contributors this season gaming really enjoyed um, and kind of talk through those. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be kind of a, a different type of thing, but uh, coming uh, early January. So do you also have like because um, I know we talk about Metacrit a lot on this because we're from different outlets. But do you guys have like a season gaming highest rated games list, like the, the highest grades you gave this year? Yes, we do. Nice. Yeah, so that'll be part of. Um, that were be they all of... given by you? I feel like you just give yourself all the all the games you know are going to be good. So you, probably, <laughs> no. you probably have like the highest scored overall games of, of any of your. Well, I mean, yeah, I've so 
You're giving did, yourself all the nines, right? Well, I've like, reviewed um, I've reviewed Deathloop. I reviewed Forza Horizon Five. So yeah, I mean they're up there this year, but that's not always the case. Um, so I I don't believe you. <laughs> I want I want an audit done. Let's an get audit. let's open a committee to investigate this guy who's given himself all. What's the bad? What's what's the last game that you reviewed that you gave like a bad score? Uh, I don't know. I twelve minutes wasn't that high for me. Um, what was it? Seven. Yeah, I either gave it a six. I think six no. and a half. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm talking six. six all if it's six or lower, I'll get. I'll give it to you. Yeah, but we don't. Again, you're ta- you're comparing to the biggest outlet in the world that reviews every game. You're reviewing Nerf. Legends. I just want to know what. Like, there's somebody on your staff who's getting the fives. I know there is. No, not really. We don't do. We don't review really? a lot of bad games. The the lowest review we ever did was of a mobile port, which Steve did, which we still laugh about, which he gave a two. Um, a two. Yeah. Nice. Two so, doesn't have a word for your site, right? No. No, yeah. it doesn't. No. But uh, okay. yeah. So I mean, we're we're mostly reviewing better games because that's what we all want to play and review. Um, but yeah. So Neo, Neo in the chat, boyfriend dungeon better be on one of y'all lists. I swear to God. Oh, Neo, I miss you. Please come back, buddy. Yeah, we gotta have Neo on again soon. We always have good laughs. Please, He's my boy. <laughs> So uh, we didn't mention Boyfriend Dungeon until that moment, actually, today. Yeah, it's been it's been months since we mentioned Boyfriend Dungeon. I, I have been trying to mention as many dating sims as I can, but they never catch on. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to say is we're actually nearing uh, 8,000 subs on YouTube. So just want to thank all you guys who tune in, who have subbed to us, um, and uh, appreciate the support. So thank you very much. With that, we're going to go ahead and close up shop. Everborn Man absolute pleasure having you on appreciate all the insight and uh conversation obviously it won't be the last time um please let everyone know where they can find you and your work yeah man uh everborn saga everywhere i'm very active on twitter but most importantly check out everbornsaga.com where you can get um access to all the books we've done so far and uh if you would be so obliged we are releasing a new book called the redlands chapter one is it a new series in the saga check out uh just search for everborn saga uh on uh kickstarter and it should the link should be in the chat and um or you can click the link at the top of everbornsaga.com we've got uh i think eight days to go so um check it out uh and you'll see we did a whole animation it's it's a pretty cool thing but uh everborn saga everywhere awesome yeah so thanks again man funny we get we get some spam comments right as we're closing out i love these man i you know what i'm looking for i'm looking for the uh online strips with with clothing yeah i want more because they got the online strips without clothing (laughs) which like obviously you know so wait what are they stripping away if there's no clothing your skin you gotta pay to find out my friend online strip no <laughs> clothing involved hannibal lecter sponsored by <laughs> oh man no, i didn't even drop a link in there i just want to make that clear it's just no no we just not. want you to no know it exists no link. Yeah, just say sure. hey, we got all you have to do is type in online I wonder if they're SEO optimized for online strips without clothing. So if you type in that phrase, you'll get their specific stream because no one would do that. No one would try to SEO optimize that term. Uh, anyway, anyway. long tail keywords. Okay. Uh, yeah. Travis. You can, you can follow me on Twitter at Tiger Travis. Um, you can read my review of Nerf legends later this week. Uh, it, 
<laughs> I'm writing it today. It's gonna be fun. Um, and uh, yeah, you can uh, you can watch me talk about Destiny every week on Thursdays um, at uh, five four p.m. four p.m. Pacific. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's where you can find me. Read my articles, reviews, and previews on IGN.com. Uh, you can watch me uh, destroy Ains on Halo if you are in the lobby or viewing us in theater mode, I guess. Yeah. Um, He's also a comedian. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you want me, bro. Anyway, uh, oh yeah. And then also anybody who's playing Halo Infinite, please use the IGN wiki for Halo Infinite. I wrote it. It's very comprehensive. You can learn how to use all the weapons, all the different callouts for the maps. I'm not done with the maps, though, so give me some time for that. Uh, you can learn hot multiplayer tips. I even gave Ains here, who claims to be good at Halo. I gave him tips he didn't even know about. Oh, you, last you, time oh wait, wait, Halo you, you're giving me tips now? Remember? Remember, do, I was giving you tips do, about do how to you, Do you want vehicles. me to post the DM exchange we had? What's that? The things I uh, added to this contribution. Oh, that's right, that's right. No, I'm talking. I'm talking about on. Oh, um, oh. I'm talking about on uh, when we were playing multiplayer, and I was telling you all the all the stuff. I I've spent most of my time in Halo Infinite in private matches testing things. How many shots does it take to kill a a, a warthog with each weapon? Like all that stuff. So I yeah. know more about Halo Infinite in theory than probably anybody who didn't develop <laughs> the game. Like it's ridiculous. So. Um, yeah, uh, looking. Please, please read that if you're playing Halo Infinite. I promise you will become a better player just by reading it. Just by reading my, my uh, words. I say That's you should leak. You. I say you should leak the DMs. <laughs> Hashtag no. leak. No, the what DMs. what uh, what Ains is referring to is I sent him one of my online tips articles and I was like, did I miss anything? And he gave me some uh, some feedback. So um, it's really hard to create like a multiplayer tips thing because I never know where to go. Like one of the one of the tips I wanted to include on there was it's halo you should jump and then i realized if you put that on a multiplayer tips list people who actually play halo will read that and go okay this guide isn't for me like because it's so <laughs> obvious like if you play halo so you have to kind of choose what to um what to include and what to exclude it's it's a bit of a challenge but um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it all right so. well mr badbit said he read it and i know how bad he is so uh, I know. Keep, well, he needs the again. tips, man. Read it again. It, but but hey, look, he's gonna he's gonna be better competitor because of it. I think. <laughs> if he knows the callouts, I bet you don't know all the callouts on Aquarius. I do. Actually, I do. Did you, I did you add high level ranked the um uh the controller uh tweaks to you to because somebody sent me a link. Uh, K Asante sent me a link about um there are ways to tweak your controls so that you can operate uh better just kind of like what you should set your uh your um fov to and what what and how fast you can kind of turn around and things like that yeah so, so we we've tried to stay away from like input stuff because it gets kind of murky especially with like people on keyboard and there's yeah, people yeah, who yeah. swear by different oh the fov should be this and fov should be that so we're mostly focusing on like game mechanics stuff okay um it's a good suggestion all right, fellas. Well, we'll obviously see you online in Halo if you're playing. Thanks as every as always. I mean, for uh, for tuning in, listening to this after the show, watching it after the show. Always appreciate you. Thank you very much. We will be back next week. Dan should be back, and we may have another guest as well. Until then, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs>